Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Let's Have a Drink, the fascinating and flavorful podcast where we sit back, relax, and enjoy a delicious beverage. I was going to do the exact thing I did a couple of weeks ago where I want to get to the active so fast. I, forget just the pump. I just fumble. I just go for it and yeah, forget that was everything. funny. We talked about that for a couple of minutes and I was like, is he going to choke already? Even before I clicked record, I'm like, uh, flavorful and fascinating. I was like, but we looked up so many adjectives. I was like, they're just all in my head now. Anyways, guys, welcome back to, as you guys can tell, the finale The finale of season 16 is wow. here. We are crushing it, guys. It has been a quick season it for has, us. This season in particular has felt very quick. Like, I feel like we got through, like, a, I think, I don't know. It's it's one of those things is I, whenever we have a season where we have a bunch of planned episodes early on, uh, rather than like maybe some extra loosey gooseys spread throughout. Um, I always feel like it goes by faster because then we'll get through like I'll feel like we've you know we're in the groove we're talking so much and then you're like yeah like we're on episode like six I out know. of ten and it's like it's, holy but, shit. I think the best part that we've got the routine now is that we've got a lot of different segments and we have our favorites which you see probably once yeah. a season but now yeah. we've got a couple that we want to try to throw in the mix so when we can get those less often they feel yeah. like they're timely they feel like you know yeah. they're they're fulfilling obviously and then yeah we just they fill up the whole season absolutely so i think this season uh it was no different for that and i hope you guys have enjoyed us along this way um we have had a lot of fun and we'll talk about all the beers we enjoyed we'll talk yeah. about the fun content we've done uh this season but first uh as always we have actually a special a special one this week too. We have a Dude. double feature beer review this week. Double folks. feature beer review. So we are doing um we're not each doing two different beers, but we are doing two different beers between the two of us. Yeah. Um that we'll be reviewing instead of the same one. Um so we are making wonderful use of our quench glasses yet again. Yes. Um, I mean, we've definitely done this recently. I'm not sure when or where, but we yeah. have done this a few episodes back. A few episodes the back. I think it was the premiere probably, but I like these double features. We get we get more content for you guys, and Ryan and yeah. I get to enjoy more beer. So that's and always it's, it's it's like it makes it easier, right? Because sometimes we, you know, I mean, what happened today when we went to go pick up some options? We're like, we can't decide. Like both these sound good. Why don't we each take which one we'd rather most have and right. do a taster of the other? And bing, bang, boom, we have well, multiple beers that we can discuss. Well, it's interesting that you say they both like they both look. They you know they're gonna taste good. We're like we just can't pick, but. I think just visually, we both were like, ah, these look like you just, they're interesting. You kind of get pulled towards them. And that's something that I do at LCBO, beer store, wherever. I think a yeah. lot of folks do that nowadays. Yeah. You just see the can design. You I go, think Ooh. we've mentioned that before, too. Like half the time we pick stuff purely based on what it looks like yeah. on the outside. Because that that branding, that identity of the beer from the brewery makes all the difference in enticing you to drink that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we've always been drawn to more creative um can designs and, sure. and the more interesting it is or or more uh in more ways that it like doesn't look like every other you know yeah craft beer can but design. no there's always so the breweries that we we know and love like their can designs are very similar to all the other ones cans that they have and such like that so yeah we kept it safe this week for one we did and we have we kind of went out a little bit to yeah. a, a, a new brewery for the other so we did for me i picked the galaxy two ways new england ipa from Collective Arts. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we all know Collective Arts, and they are a wonderful collection of craft beer. Um, they never disappoint. Let's be real. They're, they're one that we have never been disappointed. This can 
design is really great uh great red and blue bright colors with some wolves um and it's a 6.6 percent so i'm going to be enjoying the majority of this content of or, or this volume of beer uh but i'm going to also be you know sipping on uh all the sip taste of the one that ryan's got what do you got what yeah you got, so sorry i was just trying to look up some info some more info about things um so i what we ended up picking it's this like beautiful kind of like cotton candy vibes yeah um can design so it's just like kind of half swirled retro lines of pink a really light blue and white across the can um just kind of very like clean simple it kind of gives almost like mildly like again retro geometric vibes um i i just i think what drew me was that it was like such like a pleasing color combination and one that like I don't know. I feel like you don't often see without extra additives. Yeah. Um, and then just I think the placement of the information about too, like you literally there's no there's nothing on it except for like in the bottom corner, a little logo piece. And then it's actually like on the outside of the can wrap is the the name and the name of the brewery. Yeah. So this this one is uh color and shape from Superflux Brewing. It's their um India Pale or IPA. Um, so it's a six point five percent. Yeah, very uh, I was list. looking I up it. because it's on the thing. It says brewed and canned by Superflux in Toronto, Ontario. But I think the original brewery is in Vancouver. Oh, okay. Um, because I'm looking and then the font's the same when I look it up on Instagram. Um, their like actual location shows in Vancouver, BC. Oh, so I feel like it's neat. just a tap house. Or like a, a second brewery in Toronto that's been expanded to is the only thing I can think of. Either expanded uh, to or they might be brewing out of uh, somewhere somewhere in Toronto. Or again, yeah, they might have like a secondary like brewery in Canary. Just to distribute, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's only referencing to Vancouver, which is really, well, that's really awesome. interesting. So Superflux is obviously a new one, um, yeah. maybe because it's probably in Vancouver. Uh, yeah. Very, yeah, I love the can design, very minimalistic. Um, and that's an IPA. So we've got some strong beers this week on both sides of the table. Absolutely. But uh, do we not? But let's yeah, give you know. let's give yours a try first. Let's Absolutely. give this Vancouver because I think again it'll be I think this collecting yeah. one's gonna be See, this is fun because I'm interested to see because it's like a Vancouver based brewery, but like it's we're able to get more of a flavor of it because it's been canned in Toronto. For sure. Oh my goodness. That is a fantastic IPA. Oh, oh that is fruity and hoppy. And like chilled just perfectly. Oh my goodness! That that is has such a different palette. I feel mm-hmm. from a lot of the IPAs I've had recently. I find gotta be the hops, man. So we've I think we've commented before with uh, it's definitely there's something different about the hops in this one. Um, but uh, I, I I find a lot of times I I think I've referenced this before. IPAs tend to have a very citrusy after finish. And yes, we'll have like, oh, like this is a lot smoother of a version, a lot, a lot lighter of a version. This is definitely hazy AF, like she thick. True. Um, but it's got this, like you get this initial punch of the hops and then the rest of the fruit palette just kind of like settles on the tongue. So it doesn't oh. feel like this constant, like overly strong citrusy. That's very interesting. I have it the opposite. I feel like the fruit is like a punchy sweetness right away. And then that hoppy flavor is lingering. Oh, as, that's, as that's a, interesting. How are our, uh, our, because I definitely get the lingering fruitiness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get any lingering. I get a lingering, like bitter, hop air. That's really interesting. But I, there's a very like fruitness to that mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah. I guess it comes 
for some it'll come first and for some it comes uh, at, a, at a sort of an aftertaste scenario Absolutely. but yeah. wow that's really really cool yeah super super good um sorry i'm just trying to see if i can find some more info because okay. especially Don't. whenever we try new stuff i'm like okay i want to know more about it um but in the meantime i feel like we can kind of revisit a bit more uh information unless i've oh a lot of their can designs really like fun oh cool. and it's got that like basic kind of geometric or just yeah, fonted. very minimalistic too yeah. like two or three colors it's it's funny because it's not overly co- oh this one's literally craft beer is dead ipa and it's just barcodes that's so on the awesome. can design that's so cool that's really creative. see i really like because you definitely feel an identity from them right but like it's still like it i see cool lager and it looks like icy cool pack so they're for sure from bc uh, yes. Yeah. Everything okay. I'm getting is for sure from BC. Okay. So I found it. Color and Shape IPA. So it's their flagship IPA. Nice. Um, so it means so. a lot of attention has been paid to this. Um, so it's it's definitely got that bold. Um, it's a large amount of citra hops um, and tropical and citrus fruit notes. So I think that tropicality is coming for, for, sure. for us for sure. Yeah. Um, like Because yeah. when, when you get some fruit uh, beer in beer like this, like they kind of like can settle the backlights but the tropical fruit stuff like pineapple are very strong in that flavor the more i'm sipping the more i'm getting that first like how you are now i think it's especially with hoppier beers i always taste the hops first and then i appreciate the rest of the palate. right yeah um it's this like this tastes like a flagship beer you know what i mean like this tastes like a beer that a brewery was was you know made on um i like i would i would be so interested to eventually hopefully get exposed to more of their. I think we should definitely look up after the the show. Yes, uh, yeah, I don't want to. They have a location in Toronto, or because I guess it says brewed in Toronto. We don't know if they're you know working with another company for brewing it, just like having a place to brew their beer. Yeah, so that they can expand. They just ship out the hops and they bring out you know they just do big big batches and they distribute to LCBO. That's kind of interesting that they're all the way yeah, out there. Says, so it says brewed and canned by Superflux in Toronto, Ontario, represented by Craft Beer Craft Brand Company. Toronto, Ontario. So I'm wondering if they have a partnership with this craft brand company. I wonder if there's like whatever way this company set up is that they can start to kind of get all of these other, you know, um, out of province breweries, getting them more and more here, because that would be something that I would be interested in seeing because we really haven't been exposed to other provinces um, since we stopped getting our like uh, Canada Craft Club boxes. Mm. Yeah. um, I like again i i we thoroughly enjoyed those so it would be really fun to be able to kind of get exposed to more options yeah so yeah cool they'll, they'll okay. come up a little further but love that on the other side of the table we have another beer that we, we do try we do. um so this galaxy two ways collective arts limited release yeah um we know collective ha- have your simple eye chat a little bit yeah. um we know collective is one that uh they're brewed and they have a, a toronto location i don't know if their hamilton location still active but they're, um, you know, what they've been around in the industry for a very long time. Uh, I think they're, you know, probably the oldest of the of their kind. Um, and we we are such big fans of them. Oh, huge fans! Huge fans. We've regularly gotten boxes from them, regularly. not just to try their beer. I think we've talked about their um, like distillery efforts and cocktail beverages. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've had like their lemon squeezy on the podcast before. We've gotten their gin before. Um, so yeah, I think we've been thoroughly impressed by the majority of their endeavors. Right. Um, so yeah, what are your first thoughts? My first thoughts is um, there's not again there's not of like a big uh, distinct flavor group that's coming out. Like right. you know, 
if we said, oh, there's, you know, this kind of rich chocolatey flavor, if, you know, cause that could be in a, in a beer, you know, fruit is what we typically see in IPA. I'm not getting any big fruits on my palate. No, unfortunately. No, not, yeah. Um, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things where like, it's, it's not for, for me personally, at least I guess it's not necessarily a bad thing. I find it always elevates the experience. I find the fruit, um, allows the, have the hops like a quicker spotlight. And then kind of create some more sipping. I th- I'm wondering too, because like we, this is a New England IPA. So again, I feel like that the styling is going to affect yeah, what so, hops are used in the brewing process. Yeah, this one sounds like it's just one that's for the for the hops. They're, the hops used are Galaxy and Galaxy Spectrum, which just sound like hops. That it just, so again, just Galaxy hops. two ways. So they want the hops to be the feature of this beer, which yeah. is fair. It definitely is. Totally fair. Out. It is quite like in comparison to the um color and shape it's definitely lighter like i don't feel i i think i like that heavy haziness as much um but yeah interesting yeah it's a good it's a great ipa if you like ipas a sipper for sure um yeah but that's definitely one if you want something stronger but not maybe to have it sit as heavy exactly yeah exactly just know yeah to i think with where you're going for is like all you're getting is hops when you're drinking this so if you're hoping for um a little bit more of a like fun um additive flavor profile um this is you know just going to be straight up an ipa experience you're not going to get too much whereas like um at least for sure in comparison to color and shape where you're definitely getting those other fruity tones coming through um despite the like citrus and citra hops yeah i think Um, yeah I give it a thumbs up because it is collective For and sure. they, they don't disappoint. But I would put it on the pedestal of rating of like a 7.1. Where yeah. personally, that color and shape is up there in like the 8.1. Like, yeah. They, they, oh, they, I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry at all. That's what that's what we do. We review beers. We give it yeah. a go. But 7.1 But I mean, bad. again, too. Okay, Galaxy 2 is not bad. Yeah. You need to remember that. Not. It's very unlikely that you're going to get those nine or 10 numbers. Like, I was going to say, it's really hard for us that. to give a full nine or a 10. It's also really hard for us to go below you know six. a six literally <laughs> I, was i was I've gonna say had a couple below six like we for, we for sure have but, but i feel like especially to give it the podcast you, we choose specific yeah type. yeah for sure and i think this is the interesting thing too about sitting down and comparing two beers back to back right is you're gonna get those more distinct comparisons and reactions to the flavor rather yep. than us both having the same one that we're reviewing together and comparing what our palettes are. Mm-hmm. No, we're also sitting down and saying, okay, we've had this beer, now try this one and see how you feel. Yeah. Right? So, but yeah, no, two very, very good endeavors from both breweries, but we've got a lot to cover. So I think that about wraps it up for the review. Yes, we do have content to talk about this week for the finale, reminiscing on our past 10 episodes and just going through life with you guys. Um, before we take our always necessary and uh much needed two-week break um so we'll get to that too but before we get into the nitty-gritty we have one thing to do and it's rolling that intro roll it And we're back, everybody. Welcome back, guys. All right, everybody. Middleman. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Let's hope the editing cuts that out. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I just, I'm always like wanting to do that little like YouTuber clap. 
that yeah like uh when they try to like match their their voice with the yeah. video yeah. yeah it's like all right folks we're back and then yeah. clap and they do the editing software that like moves the screen a little bit oh, like, like all right let's get in the video big uh, <laughs> big camera shake type yeah Anyways, guys, so what one of our favorite things we try to do here is uh, every season finale, we review the season of beer reviews. And yes. it's fun to kind of go back, uh, just name off the beers we've had the pleasure of of trying, reviewing. And uh, and as we don't usually pick a fave, but usually comes out when we start talking. It's like, oh, that was definitely the fave of the season. For sure. Because I feel like we look back again, too. And it's funny because like I'll for- sometimes forget that we'll do a beer, but you'll mention it. And it like all comes flooding back to me very much like something that I do want to talk about in our slightly relaxed portion of the episode because it absolutely killed me when we um, TikTok related. Okay, cool. Anyways, but yeah, so it all comes flooding back to me and I really get kind of placed in that moment and remember things about it that I probably wouldn't have been able to if someone just sort of quickly asked me, hey, have you ever heard of this, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's always good to remind ourselves what we got to enjoy and what be like stuff we missed yeah. I even if you go back to our page like I always forget that you know last year there's beers that we had I'm like oh I totally forgot about that one totally forgot about this one yeah so, exactly so let's get her kicked off so it's season uh the start of the season of 16 uh episode 151 we tried uh are you I'm pulling up the page so I can follow along no I I can just tell I you know what I want to follow okay cool 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 uh we had the neat IPA I believe from Slate Slay- yeah oh my god after our hiatus uh oh this is just a regular pale ale uh from slake and i think this was before they got added to the lineup at quench yep so we had no idea yep basically so i believe so as well yep Yep. um so yeah we had i specifically remember this because i picked this up from trust downtown because we were there and i had tried i think it was the sour that was from slake and i was like i gotta take another one home yep i'm for sure or no we had it at um uh I think we had it at Cully's and then I saw it on the menu. And it checked out too. Yes, yep. sorry. I had I had their sour at Cully's and then it was on the um menu for cans at Trust. So then I was like, I definitely need more of that. And then I grabbed the neat because I thought it would be a cool one to try for the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Love it that. Definitely did the trick. That was a good one. For sure. Then we the week after we did the auto pop passion fruit sour from oh, blood brothers guys okay listen i've had um a couple of the auto pops i think as i mentioned on that episode i very much enjoyed their cherry cola one that we had i think it was like a winter episode the season or two before um oh my goodness this so good i have come to terms with the fact that if a beer ever mentions having guava or passion fruit it needs to either be immediately ingested by me or needs to come home with me because it it's just such a fun flavor combination because it usually shows up in hoppier beers. It's usually in some sort of IP like fruity IPA or a sour 100%. and it's going to have a stronger flavor profile. Um, and it's just one of those those flavors kind of balance everything else out. So you get a little bit more of that like interesting flavor combination i'm not constantly like don't get me wrong i really love you know powerful beers i guess it would be a strong beers the way to describe it um but it's nice to be able to kind of get a break from those additive flavors and i feel like passion fruit and guava just seem for some reason to go really really Uh, guava specifically 100 percent. oh yeah i'm a big Um, fan of guava but you're yeah you and your sours especially those uh session sours they yeah they pick the right fruits 
They pick the right hops and they just get the job yeah. done. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Blood Brothers did really. I've, also, we, Blood Brothers is just fantastic. Blood Brothers is great. Um, I think especially I've been appreciative of their auto pop series, so I can't wait to see more. But yeah, they really killed it with that one. Yeah. Um, next up, we one actually that turned into a fave of mine was the Creamore Wheat Beer uh, Summer yeah. Edition. Uh, their cane design is absolutely flawless. I think it's so so nice and so uh, bright and refreshing. But I this was one where I'm like, oh, I really do like wheat beers. I do yeah. like these types of yeah. flavors and uh, you know hops and just you know this whole palette is just coming off fantastic. So mm. this one I actually have another one in the fridge because I needed it for the faves, but. Yeah, this is. I love one. that. I we also love cream more. Uh, so much. oh yeah, it, big fans of cream more. Big big uh fans there. Yeah. Uh, the one after uh, which was I'm not sure the situation, but we uh we did that Corona non-alcoholic. So it was uh it was post Quench Fest. So I actually had water and you had the Corona. It was because we got in our Ella Fresh box. Um, so basically the it was the non-alcoholic one with like extra vitamin D. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, you really enjoyed it. I think I had it at another occasion. Um, I found it really good as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Post Specifically, we did that. It was post Quench Fest and there was no way I was having anything but totally H2O. Agree. Yeah, I totally, I totally get you there. <laughs> um, the week after we did the uh, cream mail from Boschkung Brewing. Um, oh, 35 and 118. Yeah, yeah. Those one, that one was delicious. That I think was we really both, good. We were both surprised. I think and, that was up there for cream ales for me. Yeah, we were really happy that this random new brewing company that we discovered, Boschkung, yeah. they they just hit it out of the park. Yeah. A cream yeah. ale, four cream ales for sure. Yeah. Uh, very refreshing, very light. I remember being like shocked when you found that at LCBO. But every time we've been since then, I've seen them there. I know. I know. I'm like, what What was I missing? <laughs> I totally like, what's going I, on I, here? I exactly what you mean. I totally agree. Um, then the week after, we actually did another double feature, which is what we were saying. We did those yeah. two. We did double feature with the Mill Street Organic um, or Mill Street Brewing. Yeah, like, I knew summer it was in, like the middle of the season. Uh, we, which we did a yeah. Session Sour and a Sangria Beer. Oh, the Sangria beer. style, yes. The Session Sour was definitely my favorite. Yeah, you you had the Sour, I had the, the Sangria Beer. Yeah. Uh, we did that double feature. That Sangria Beer wasn't um, the same sort of vibe as what we would expect from a be a sangria style beer yeah yeah. it was definitely more sangria than beer the beer yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but that sour was quite refreshing. oh it was so good yes um that after that we did the van full of weirdos juicy ipa oh what a good one Ren, Ren, uh, refined fool yeah so fun that was again, a lot of fun again one of those as we mentioned in the intro before the intro can design such such pulling it draws art. you in i really love when um breweries have a lot of fun with that, um, it's funny because I'm kind of just like quickly scrolling through, um, following along with you, and I'm catching like the faves every so often. Yeah. And we're right before in the week that we did um, Van Full of Weirdos, is we featured uh, Hayes Mama from Great Lakes as my fave for the that's week. And I'm like, that's another super fun can design you're not going to see it. True. It's so and true. we picked that up because, I mean, the name and also. Um, the the can design yeah. so yeah I love that no Vanful Weirdos was definitely one of those really enjoyable like definitely was a juicy IPA yeah um really fun flavors and yeah I think it was just like interesting to be able to kind of like unpack um I think we what was it I referenced um Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends right that's what like all of the weirdos in the van I like planning like, of yeah so I love 100%. that um definitely a good find for sure. 
the week after, excuse me, we did the uh, Sunshine Blonde Ale with Raspberry Hibiscus from Wellington oh, yeah. Brewery. Another really freaky deaky can design. Yes. Um, lot, a lot going on there. Some a yes. child definitely drew that. Yeah. And uh, that was a delicious find as well. That was super um, tasty. I think, too, sometimes with those like lighter, being a blonde ale, um, you know, it, it's it's easy to kind of just like toss whatever into it and, and feel like it'll be fine. But I think they really paid attention to what they were doing with the brew. Uh, and it tasted super good. Plus, I just I like I love the little charitable cause um, that went along with it as well. Not little charitable cause, but I love the charitable cause that went with it. Um, so it, it's it's nice when we get to try breweries and specifically um, beers that, you know, go on to do more things with the funds from it. Yeah. Um, it, actually, it was funny when we were um, picking up the beers today for the podcast. Um, I saw the the born this way from um muskoka muskoka again on the shelves the and i was like no ipa yes yep. which they do every year for pride so i was like it's a it's a it's a hazy it's a, it's a hazy nano ipa hazy nano ipa yeah. um but yeah so it's just one of those things where it's really great to kind of see and there was like a few other ones still and it, it's it's great to see that they're still there. i know it's that's the thing is it's really fun uh we've we've tried a lot of beers on this podcast and um some of them are not being made anymore and some of them we yeah. they, some of them come back some yeah. of them are just always on rotation and that's yeah. why it's really fun to reminisce a little bit um or just like kind of feel it all out yeah so i think um, one thing we talk about too with uh the craft brewery and and craft beer experience is like the community that you get from you know getting to know um, like be at the breweries that have the kitchens and you get to know the staff working there. You get to know the other people that you, oh, sorry, I knocked my mic stand. Um, the other people at these establishments that you like run into and whatever. And it's like that kind of small acknowledgement of, you know, the amount of times that we've been in a place and we'll like talk across a table to, or to across to another table about something that one of us overhears. And it's like, it's purely just from like, you know, the love of the environment, the open environment, the sense of community amongst everybody a part of it. Um, so it's really nice to be able to see these places giving back to their communities in whatever yeah, way possible. I totally agree. There's, there's not, there's just, it's just so much to give back when you get uh, yeah. a, a community like you know the craft beer community, right? Yeah. It's a growing, for sure, uh, uh, definitely growing business. So yeah, for um, sure, it's a lot of fun. And then last week, uh, we just did some faves. You had some uh, the lavender gin cocktail from I Straight and Narrow, did. and I just had myself a little whiskey ginger. Always. Ginger and uh, and those are the the reminiscings of our finds from the season. Yeah, a uh, lot of great memories, a lot of good Absolutely. beer to drink. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed, and we hope you guys had uh, some new ones of your own that you picked up at a local store near yeah. you. Yeah. Let us know on our social media what were some uh, good reviews that you liked. If you ended up finding uh, a beer that we reviewed and you tried it yourself, Absolutely. that would be amazing. That would be super cool. Would I've never had that before. Nobody yeah. let us know if you've tried. If there's anything that you found um, that you're like, oh, yeah, I've definitely heard the the lots of the drink people talk about that. Just let us know what you yeah. thought. I know we've got an interesting palate. Uh, or even that we've just inspired you to try a style of beer because totally. we've talked about it so much. Right? Totally. We are always active on our social media, guys. Yeah. Uh, even when we're on break, don't be afraid. Oh, yeah. Reach out to us. Don't be afraid to send us a cheers. Uh, picture of you by the water. Picture you at a pool. Picture you in your kitchen. Doesn't matter. We love to see you guys having a good time and Absolutely. drinking responsibly, uh, of course. So, yeah. any whoosies, whatsies. Any whoosies, whatsies. Y'all, we were disappointed. Yeah. 
we were very disappointed. And this is my like really vague segue into the second chunk of um, kind of reflecting and reviewing ish on Secret Invasion. Marvel's Disney Plus's Marvel Secret Invasion, a really terrible Rotten Tomatoes score, a large budget for such a very weak so much hype. So much hype. For what I would honestly, you said week finale. I would argue just weak storytelling all throughout. Totally agree. Because I, how many times did I tell you, I'm just not motivated to watch the next episode. It, it's, it's not like with WandaVision or Loki um, Loki. or even She-Hulk. Even stuff that people... Even make- She-Hulk. That's crazy that you mentioned that because I totally agree. She-Hulk had... I was She-Hulk excited every week. me because she was funny. She had like relationship, those fourth wall breaks, like... She was storytelling so much better. And it felt like even if it was more of a quote unquote filler episode, like there was still something happening that felt like the plot was progressing, whether it be. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned this when we did the review for She-Hulk. You still felt her developing. We got to know her better as a character. There were so many times where we finished an episode. I'm like, I feel like we didn't watch anything. And like they were just throwing more shit into the story of just stuff that we missed completely in the whole fa- old phase of Marvel yeah. that they didn't need to introduce. And I feel like, too, they were trying to, like, build... Because, again, too, I think this is the problem with what Marvel's going through now at this point is they've already had this huge, gigantic climax, and they have all of this stuff announced that people are, you know, have been um, excited for and talking about and theorizing about... Um, for all of these next few years of movies, they've almost stuck themselves into a corner of, you know, you have all this built up hype from years and years. You're not going to be able to necessarily mash up the expectations of your audience anymore, who's already getting kind of tired of having so much stuff that's ending on cliffhangers because you have to connect them all together now instead of having what you had when you were first building this franchise of still self-contained stories that felt complete with a little bit of character development that would lead that character into the next film that they did or the next ensemble film that they did but it didn't feel like you were like almost like retconning you know half of the projects you've already done now literally with with a bunch of the other projects you've done and what i felt like too with this one is they were trying to save so many twists or big reveals for the latter half of the season that they didn't do anything in the first like it was only, what, six episodes? And I felt yeah. like for four of that, nothing happened. I think I'm really getting tired of them trying to, like, ma- they made, Secret Evasion felt like a, just a, a million back steps for Nick Fury. I feel like they didn't give him any, any strength, any condolence, any, like, just wisdom. He just, he just fell short every time. And what what drives me even crazier is that they introduced, like, five new characters who are supposed to be the star like ish of these shows like we have talos's daughter uh, gaia who was a big part of the show but she was just introducing this show we have no background of her we had nothing leading into the show and then we have this big scroll uh captain now leading the like this like you know um enemy scroll whatever you want to call them yeah. Whatever. Oh, um, Gravik's yeah. eating all the Gravik's and this rebels. Random, the this scroll random rebels. kid who's just a random scroll is fighting the rebellion. Basically, he's he's yeah. part of this rebellious scroll group, and he's a big now character in this yeah. show. I'm like, where are they coming from, and why are they just trying to give it to us and say this yeah. is a big story now? And then we've got you know, the, I think the, the we not the weirdest, but 
the one thing that made me mad is this relationship Fury has now with this scroll. So married to her and everything. Like, it's just, I'm like, what are you doing? I think it's funny because I actually, like, I was totally behind the idea of what I think they were trying to do with it in relation to giving a little bit more nuance to Fury and having him learn something or open up a bit more. Um, and also feeding into kind of what they were trying to get at, I think, with a lot of the scroll motivations and storylines. But they didn't do it properly. Like, I feel like, okay, so we all know Fury as this, like, take no shit, cunning guy. He's smarter than everybody. He has backups of backup plans um, because he's always thinking three steps ahead. Like, he is the he is the man. He is espionage. He is you know, um, galaxy thwarting, danger, super, you know, uh, spy guy. And we've had nothing but reinforcement of that up until us hearing zero about him in anything after everybody came back from the blip. He just fucked off. And then he comes back down with all this stuff going on with Gravik because, mind you, they're like, I do believe the sense of him feeling responsibility for um, you know, what Gravix become because he was too self-absorbed with his existential crises. But he comes back down and everyone's all like, you've changed, blah, blah, blah. And like, there's all this, like the first few episodes is all these people making references to how like, you know, Fury's a different person. And, you know, I don't think he's the same guy and he's weaker now and blah, blah, blah. But then like, they kind of start portraying him like Literally, yeah. he is the same fury but then he gets a little more unhinged and then he's the same fury again and then he has this like heartfelt moment by the end that doesn't feel earned because he's been so like uh the, the heartfelt moment i mean with um vara who is the scroll that he married yeah um to, like literally right at the end of the final episode but it doesn't feel earned because there's been all these other moments where he's been so wishy-washy or indifferent or distanced from her. Yeah. And they've had maybe a few exchanges of dialogue that he barely scratches the surface of explaining why he it, is the way that he is. Like It's so true. And I'm like, I'm just Googling now trying to figure out because I'm like, I think the main thing here is that we got the show that was supposed to be about Nick Fury and his, you know, the blip situation and then coming back. And then it's just this big demise. And his return to Earth and fighting off these scrolls. It was supposed to be this like spy thriller, but it didn't feel like that. If I'm they, being honest no, with it, you, they didn't at all because we didn't get enough like scroll power because they're strong, and we just didn't give Nick Fury enough of the spotlight and him actually redeeming himself from the just tragedy he went through. But if you actually go back like and look at the other shows that we've like really really enjoyed, mm -hmm. Loki was a show that was all about Loki, and they yeah. put the spotlight on him in every yeah. episode. Yeah. And just made him yeah. uh, go through his. We we took we yeah. took us through his whole thing. Same with yeah. Wandavision. Same with Moon Knight. Same with She Hulk. We got their first. We got their real POV mm -hmm. and everything on their mind. And yeah. like you know, again, fourth wall breaks and just like so much tragedy and and redemption. I know in some in some capacity. Yeah, but with or, and you one. felt like they were really struggling with something. And like, there's a lot of people talking about how Fury is you know should be or probably is struggling with things but like he'll stuff will like happen and like he doesn't feel the consequences of it yeah in the sense of like it isolating him more like he still has his connections and then i just feel like it was just so much more of things were just like happening to happen and for something that was supposed to be this like paranoia spy thriller like i don't know who i can trust a lot of the stuff like 
either didn't end up mattering or were misdirects to the extent of it was obvious or like there's stuff that like ended up being a twist that a lot of people already figured out before the episode aired i know i just wish we got more like twist of like oh that guy was actually scrolled the whole time just like making his making his chest moves right because they kept saying oh we can't trust anybody but i'm like you're meeting with the guy right now how can you trust him exactly you set up the meeting sure and you can be called his private line but who knows what's going on who knows especially once you learn that like you know these these um these scrolls have been like fully embedded for years at high levels you really like there are so many instances where just when i'm like i think the suspense is going to start to kick in i'm going no there's no way or oh yeah for sure this person's doing that now like it just i don't know it just it wasn't i think what um a lot of the audience was given the impression it was going to be and then i do think again because of the way marvel's been creating all this hype and announcing all this stuff so far ahead of time that all these fans are getting so excited mm-hmm. that the hype's not matching up to what they're doing yeah and again i feel like this is where we're, we're running into the same problem that i think we've mentioned the last few times that we've covered some more recent projects from marvel or at least yeah. that's something that i've called Pro- out projects not, not necessarily the shows but projects yeah projects in general because it could be movie um, that it just like it doesn't feel like it has a resolution because it's just constantly leading into the next thing. Yeah. Which is fine if they're connected, but like still have some sort of like proper ending or or resolution to a, at least one of the storylines that makes sense. Yeah. Stop retconning half the stuff that you've already done already now because like now like what are we supposed to think when we're going to back to watch it or does does certain emotional arcs even matter anymore because something's yeah and like, like and well, i understand you lost a lot of people and now like yeah no spoilers on the finale but like yeah there's some overpowered people in the yeah. universe now yeah and nick fury yeah. kind of like bit the bullet like what yeah. like what's left for nick fury to do yeah. and it's really hard to like watch that because we just don't know what to what to do now and yeah there's a lot more content to come um we know we got her we got her recently if you guys haven't seen there's a trailer of loki that just came out for, yes, season, for two. season two and holy moly yeah that'll right. be that'll I'm be our hoping. number no come on i i'm really hoping babe i'm really hoping because season one genuinely was one of my like favorite marvel projects in the last few years yeah um but again i think i have to temper my expectations now because Watch we were both very excited for Secret Invasion. Yeah. I will. I feel like, I don't know, I'm just, I'm at this very flip-floppy from project to project with this now that I just, I like, I feel like I have to temper my expectations. I know. And here's the thing, though. What I was, as I was looking at some of the shows Marvel's done over the past couple of years, and we we have our interesting opinions on them yeah. here. Uh, I think Secret Invasion was probably the worst. Um, I went back and I was like, oh, you know, WandaVision. Yeah. Like whether we had an opinion on that at first, I think we really enjoyed that. I think that was fun. Oh, I, I was fully I, 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 fully on board. You know oh. what I think is frustrating? I think it, it's funny because I I kind of almost needed it pointed out because remember for the longest time I said I can't fully explain it. I just really didn't like Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. You want to know why? Is because uh I watched that video again uh, that I had mentioned I think in our first Secret mm-hmm. Invasion about the the uh from the creator Eddie Burback and his brother Tony and they talked about multiverse fatigue and they mentioned it for right. a few different big franchises right but they specifically talked about uh Marvel and they mentioned a part um in an interview that Elizabeth Olsen did where 
the writers and like producers for Multiverse had no idea what the storyline for WandaVision was. And she essentially like she makes reference to the fact that she basically goes through the same exact arc that she does in WandaVision. So that's why it feels so frustrating because she didn't really learn anything in the long run. And she's still in her villainous era rather than like trying to come to terms or like it just it was one of those weird things where she's almost like going back through the same stages of grief that she had in WandaVision where like you either lean into the fact that she's fully corrupted by dark magic where I guess she kind of was but like I still feel like there was just too much like I just it felt weird her journey felt weird I don't know and like I she hadn't learned anything because I feel like at the end of uh, WandaVision even though she was still maybe looking for other means because she's someone who's lost everything so she wants to at least get something back it felt like she was going through the same arc in a sense that she didn't want yeah she I wasn't still really connecting I still see her arc in Multiverse of Madness being like the next stage of like this really evil arc like, I think she got eviler in Multiverse of Madness That's is what I'm saying. She got stronger. She got more powerful because she's, you know, she was and she took the the right steps to do yeah. that for herself. So yeah. I think I think it, 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 it lined up. I don't think there's any backstepping in my opinion. But mm-hmm. but again, the movie, not sorry to you, but the show of WandaVision was great. But then loved in it. other shows, Moon Knight loved, Loki loved. Yeah. You mentioned She-Hulk. Yeah. You enjoyed it. I like, really enjoyed it. So like, like I enjoyed four She-Hulk. of the six or seven shows we are already looked at, looked at and yeah. said we've enjoyed. Hawkeye was okay. Hawkeye was. A, I think Hawkeye was good. It was Christmas yeah. like movie and whatever. Yeah. Um, and then there's one more in there that I was there another one. I think there was. Uh, all I can think of is what if now, but that's separate from all. What, what if? Yeah, what if kind of counts. Um, but that was and then oh, we the one we didn't watch, which is Miss Marvel. Oh yeah. Um, but like, I do want to give that a chance before Marvels, but I just I think it was one of those two that came out at the worst time because I think I was getting fatigued. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was, that's not one that we go. Oh, we need this for the story. Uh, yeah. Whereas I, I'm definitely going to need the context for the character. But here's the thing now too is I have to now prep myself for a movie by watching how many episodes. It's short of a television show. It's I know short. it's just like I get what people are saying when they're like. Like, before when we just had the movies in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., even then I'd be like, whatever, fuck off. I don't care about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. I can watch a quick recap video yeah. if something didn't make sense in the movie. Otherwise, it's not going to matter that much. And it didn't need to be... It didn't. People yeah. still complained. I was like, whatever, don't watch it. But now I understand why people were getting frustrated because now you mean to tell me that if, if someone didn't want to necessarily or feel like they could, you know, catch up on all this stuff that's technically behind a paywall, might I add. Yeah. Because you need to have a Disney Plus account, or else there's a bootleg somewhere online. But who does that? Um, but anyways, you—it's behind a paywall, technically speaking. So now, if someone has to pay for a Disney Plus subscription to watch all this stuff, just so that all of the movies make sense. Hey, d- hey, watch it though, because technically, movies are a paywall as well. Yeah, but that's different though. Ah, that's different though. I mean. Yeah, eventually. Because bootleg. every eventually, couple of months you're paying. Bef- definitely bootleg the movie. But either way, yeah. I totally agree. They did actually, there was an article that came out that um, some uh, industry folks from, some high industry folks from Marvel yeah. had agreed in an interview. They agreed with the interviewer saying, yeah, these shows definitely sort of fucked up our cadence with, you know, the the whole, our whole realm of phasing and, and storyline and plot and, sure. and just keeping things, keeping continuity is what they said. And I'm like, yeah, no, duh. No, duh. Like, keep the movies coming as they yeah. were. Just give me a different story. Like, reset yeah. with the blip as you did. 
then cut that shit off. I know. And then you have, you know, make new characters, introduce them however you need, mm -hmm. but like start fresh if you have yeah. to. Yeah. You might not love it because, oh, he's not Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, but we're going to have to. Who gives a crap? We'll get invested. It's a new, uh, counted it's, as a next gen. Situation. If you gave me another movie like Iron Man 1, that you gave me time to, like, you know, I am let's, down. let's process Endgame, give me a few years, and then we start yeah. fresh. And you give me a movie like Iron Man 1 again, yeah, oh exactly. my God. Sold to everybody. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know what's another thing that I also thought of is I made the I made the um the point in connection to like the arc of Wanda. But the I think another really upsetting thing that also connects to what you just said is the fact that the multiverse of madness folks had no idea what was happening in the WandaVision project. Yeah. Because of timings of productions, um, people not talking to each other between projects, because obviously there wasn't any communication. Yeah going on of hey by the way like you're working on a continuation of some of the characters I I, in our yeah. project so now no wonder all these shows are effing with the continuity because no one is communicating because all these projects are stacked up on top of each other during production so they can't communicate a cohesive storyline yeah. so they're having to almost react in post yeah to what's happened in other projects i know i am i am excited and hopefully i'm not disappointed yeah uh, when they come out for a lot of projects yeah. coming from the mcu I not know. just this year but in the coming years i am keeping an open mind i'm gonna be honest i think i mentioned before when we talked about uh or like when we watched guardians volume three i wasn't particularly overly motivated to go see it in theaters yes we still went yep it was a really good movie good movie it felt amazing and hey guess what there's still some like little stripes of stuff that could be worked into other movies later on but guess what that movie did that not, I feel personally, not a lot have done recently. It had a cohesive ending that tied up plot lines for existing characters really, really well. well and you didn't also, have to have all this catastrophic stuff happen to everybody. Again, it gave, it gave the spotlight to the characters who needed it the most. Yeah. And it gave Rocket the spotlight as well as keeping it on, on Quill and keeping it on okay. a lot of the guardians who have like just needed the attention right whereas you got movies like love and thunder yeah. which people thought that was there was too many jokes because it was pretty silly thor still getting over his hammer stupid yeah. stupid stuff like that but you gave too much attention to gore i know he's the villain but like you gave too much attention to him and you didn't even make him that good i yeah whereas in thing. whereas in yeah. guardians 3 yeah. you gave the perfect amount of attention to the high evo because he's and you supposed made to be this mysterious scary. figure and he was frightening because you didn't know what he wanted yeah we fully did. yeah and ant-man the only problem with ant-man too is you gave too much fucking attention to the mom to whatever her name is jane yeah i think it, like they i think put too much on the fact that she like vaguely knew how yeah. dangerous kang was yeah but like they spend too much time on her talking about how dangerous he was, but without saying anything like about like, why he was dangerous. Yeah. They had the odd flashback. Yeah. And then it was the weirdest climactic battle. It was just like, she was too, there was too much like under the hood, like not even saying anything like, oh, like we just need to be careful. We need to be careful. And it's I like, just, I think and then, too. and then also the relationship with Scott and his daughter, Cassie yeah. was also like so rocky in that whole movie. And then it just kind of got resolved because reasons, because reasons, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's, like, whereas it would have been way better yeah. if we gave it all the attention to Scott because he needed it. As He's the protagonist of this and, movie and series. Give, still give his POV, but like, let's be in his shoes of saying, oh, why is my mom saying like, oh, we need to be careful of Kang rather than like yeah, putting ourselves in her shoes saying, you know, we like all of us need to be careful. And then that battle was just yeah. 
ants. I think what's I think. <laughs> I know, I know. Everybody. Um, but I think what the thing is too is like they, I think they were still trying to keep too much of the strained relationship between um Hope and her parents, and then like I think compare and contrast between Cassie and Scott, but like two totally different situations. And I just I feel like it's one of those things too where lately it needs to be something catastrophic that happens to a character for them to not be in any more films. Yeah. They just let Peter go to Earth. I know. And you kind of just need to let you need to like let people be. Yep. And I think if anything, too, is Peter and and Rocket were it's this movie really showed and makes me think back to the other films of I think this is why they so fiercely clashed at first, but then became so trusting and understanding and bonded best to friends. each other and best friends is because they are the same person yeah. they're the same character because they both want a sense of belonging they both got ripped away from important people to they them both they both suffered great losses and traumas Both the leadership type personalities they're both you know? they have this like sarcastic chip on their shoulder but they really want to be loved by somebody and all they want is good like, in the universe they want, safe, they want safety and they want you yeah. know just like care for everybody even exactly. though even though they wouldn't admit it and that well, and that's why it made but. so much sense and it felt so seamless that the movie became more about rocket because we're still watching the same type of personal development and this and, and you really feel that like he's the glue that holds right. this group together because right. i think that's what that movie was trying to really point out is like he has felt like he needs love but like he's had this love for exactly. so long because all of these and we've and we know him too and that's exactly. why kind of with love and thunder too yeah we we knew jane a bit but we didn't know her as jane foster the freaking mighty thor like we don't know her as that yeah. so then when you introduce yeah. her that way and then you give her all these powers yeah. and the fight against cancer that she yeah. had yeah it's like okay so who is this person and that's exactly what it was yeah. with hank and i don't know her actual name i'm gonna i'm calling her jane because that's the only thing i can think of yeah um like we gave her all like we gave her so much attention even though she was barely in the last two ant-man movies so why is she well so the fact that you can't even remember her actual character exactly like, why exactly why like her so functionality important? was being this like long lost wife and mother and it was more emotional it was an emotional story for hope and hank yes more so than anything she was a functionality of their storylines yep, yep. so why is it all about her all of a sudden and yeah, I totally, I totally agree. So I think that's why I think Guardians Volume 3 has been my favorite recent project. Also, we totally forgot that like Falcon and Winter Soldier was the show that- Oh, I, that was the one, I, that was the other one that I was thinking yeah. when I said Miss Marvel. Yeah. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the difference with that one- we, Genuinely, that was a good show, great, but like- Great show. The difference was that with that is that we had two protagonists basically. And yeah, that's exactly. hard to evaluate with yeah. other shows that we needed to get a spotlight yeah. to. Yeah. I still think it was a great show. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Pretty dark, but a fantastic ending. Here's the thing, but I love it, though, because I yep. feel like they have a lot of opportunity to make that the darker story, especially if you can kind of like from a thematic and narrative perspective, how interesting is that is because Steve Rogers was this like good old boy beacon of hope Superman vibe. But now you've got the age of Bucky and um, Sam. And like they are much more of a very real representation of the state of affairs now, yeah. post blip. And that's already a darker scenario. Exactly. So I feel like what they wanted to do with Secret Invasion, they actually like like the vibes they've already done with Falcon and Winter Soldier. They should have uh, yeah. just mirrored I agree. I totally agree. Like Secret Invasion should have been definitely in that alley of like, let's give the attention to Talos and Nick. I let them be best friends. I let them fight the shit. That's the and just that's stuff, such a good point. Like just like why are they giving so much attention to Gaia yeah. and Gravik? Like Gravik's the villain, sure I get it, 
But like, yeah. let him be a villain and let him make his plan. Let yeah. him try to beat his plan. And yeah. you know, give us. But it's just yeah, too many characters. I think trying to trying to make these like trying to give more attention and more story yeah. for these main characters. I'm like, yeah. we don't need other characters to tell us yeah. about these already existing yeah. big characters. Yeah, just. Give us a flashback or something. And you know what? I think that's the thing is there. That's the perfect way to kind of like wrap up and sum this up is. Sorry, I'm burping directly into the mic. (laughs) They can't hear it. The editing. Um, I am. They are biting off more than they can chew with what they want to introduce. And they don't know how to pace it properly. Every recent project, again, except for Guardians Volume 3. I can't believe I'm freaking saying this. um, Has a pacing problem. Yeah. They literally don't know what to do. Like in the last couple of years, um, it's just been like this constant kerfuffle of figuring out how to properly pace and introduce new characters because they want to throw so much into it now to keep things exciting. Yeah. But it's like, no, 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 no. That's not what we wanted. We just wanted a slowly like a new thing to follow because that's what we got the first time. Yep. And that's what everyone fell in love with. Use your same formula. Some of it. No. Just. Not all of it, but it, but essentially use the same bones of that formula with new characters. Yep. Insert new characters here. And you can still have your continuing like Tom Holland Spider-Man and shit like that to kind of keep everybody connected together. Yep. And again, I think that's why Guardians did so well because that was one of the projects where like you already have already a well-foundation story that they are wrapping up in a later phase. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, speaking that's, speaking of wrapping up, we are coming. We gotta to go. I wanted to talk about. We could talk. We always talk about Marvel guys, and I'm sorry that that's the whole finale. But I will tell you one thing: we are going to be finishing the night here after this recording, watching some Good Omens on Amazon Prime. Guys, so we can't get into it at all. We don't have time. Don't even say anything. I'm so sorry. I just can I quickly? If no, you, guys... you cannot. You have no time. <laughs> it's so good. Just go watch it. There's go, two seasons now. Go watch Good Omens. Two seasons on Amazon. Uh, on Prime Video. Yeah, uh, we will have, I'm sure, reviews when we get back. But yes, thank you guys. We should yeah, Sorry. exactly. No, totally. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this <laughs> finale episode. We love you guys so, 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 so much. So much. And we will catch you guys in a few weeks for season 17. Peace.